Welcome to the Overreact podcast. In a society that puts women in a box, let's overreact. It's your host, Monica Mohoya. It's your girl, Angela Wamboy. And it's your girl, Lash Angela. And just like that, ladies, gents, and overreactors, season three of the Overreact podcast has come to a close. And we're so excited. We've enjoyed sharing every episode from each and every Queen Hustler. And we hope that the guests so far have left you inspired, enlightened, and motivated to either pursue entrepreneurship, make you consider it completely, or provide you with the fuel to keep on going. Whatever the case may be, kindly subscribe to our podcast page on Apple, Spotify, or Google. And you can also do the same on SoundCloud on Capital FM's page to ensure you're the first to listen to each and every weekly episode that rolls out. Yes, you said it. And we are inching close to our million streams goal for this year. So if you haven't subscribed, please uh, click that button and tell a friend to tell a friend uh, so that we can have more of our reactors like yourself. So we want to thank you in advance uh, for, uh, you know, making us our one million goal to come true. Now, before we introduce our today's Queen Hustler, let's share some facts about women in business in Africa. Did you know that, ladies, that there are more female entrepreneurs in Africa that than there are in any other continent. Did mm. you know? Crazy. Well, One in four African women is more likely to explore entrepreneurship than African men. However, sadly, this is about 40% of businesses in sub-Saharan Africa owned by women. Only less than 10% of these businesses are able to raise funding from traditional financiers. These facts highlight the need of creating solutions that will help drive money into the hands of women and business owners. A weird and a stark reality, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. And I was reading somewhere that African entrepreneurs, we are more empowered and mentored than they are, I mean, than being uh, funded or given investment. Mm -hmm. So we have the right queen to delve and to, you know, um, bring this conversation into, uh, you know, the whole picture. Absolutely. And I think it's really important that we have been using this platform for women to continue not being to continue using their voice rather than being mute and, you know, to find out all these uh, different opportunities that are out there for people to apply for, get funding for, as you've uh, alluded. So to help us learn more about how women can be enabled to compete in the global marketplace, we have with us in the studio Margaret Mothel, the Regional Director for Africa for WeConnect International. And even with such a huge role in the company, Margaret is a real queen hustler too, as she also runs Elevate SMEs Limited. We want to officially welcome you to the Overreact podcast. And to begin, tell us a little bit about yourself and maybe a fun fact too. Welcome. Thank you so much for having me on the show today. Yeah, so I am Margaret. I am an entrepreneur and an entrepreneurship ecosystem enabler. By that I mean... As I help uh, entrepreneurs uh, access market opportunities through my current role, I am also an entrepreneur, and I think this helps me to support women better because I have walked that journey. I have failed, I have succeeded, I have been through the highs and the lows, and this is what helps make my work more um, impactful to the women-owned businesses that I support across Africa. What's a fun fact about yourself? So fun fact. <laughs> <Really>? <laughs> I am really trying to think hard. Anyway, let me say it may not really be a fun fact, but um, just something about me. I love to cook. You I love, love to cook. Oh, 
nice. I can't wait to come for dinner. Okay, sure. <laughs> um, so the first time we met is through the Women Economic Forum, and um, which is a forum where different var- variety of speakers were invited to talk to women um, to you know to put themselves out there. So um, when you spoke. I was like, yes, this is this is the lady who would be perfect to end the season uh, for the fact that we've been talking about women in business um, because of what you do with, uh, especially with the work that you do with WeConnect International. But before we get to your role, what came first? Was it WeConnect, your role as in WeConnect, or your business for Elevate SMEs? I have been in business. Actually, let me surprise you. Like the very first business that I ran was the fourth year project. I did computer science and the fourth year project that I did with two of my friends was the first business that we took to market. Okay. And that's how we made like our first million, just fresh from college. Wow. But we didn't have the structure. We were just like grinding it out. We, we, we knew we had the best tech solution. It was a web-based uh, school management system. We were able to get clients from LinkedIn that time I mean it was years back but it really did work but then we didn't have the structures yeah like the business structures to keep it running so after a short while we all went into formal employment so I worked at KBC in the IT department for five years before moving into the uh, corporate sector and then decided well in 2014 it was time to go full-time into business but all through I have been in business since 2009 yeah Wow. Oh, where, wow. Where, yeah. When was is that the each for entrepreneurship start as a you know as a necessity when you are doing your final project or how did they come? How did you know you have that in you or was it uh, the validation of that web based app that you know set the space for you to start entrepreneurship? All right. I think uh, when we graduated, we all didn't have jobs, and we we're like, okay, we have a, a web based system here. Can we try and sell in market? In that time, I that's when I chanced on LinkedIn. I really love LinkedIn. Reached out to a few people, and before before long, I mean, we had clients. We were doing demos, you know, installing the wide area network, uh, networking several schools, and connecting them to our web-based platform. Yeah, it was out of need actually that we were looking for an opportunity to keep us going. And how we did it, Why? Uh, just going back to what I've said, that we didn't have structures, we're just hustling it out. We get a deal, share out the money, <laughs> when it's over, go back and look for the next client <laughs> until it was not no longer sustainable. Yeah. Wow, I mean, we all live and we learn a true hustler at heart, a true queen hustler at heart. Um, so Margaret, before uh, we get into what inspired your own business, uh, please tell us, for those that may not know, what is We Connect International and why would it benefit women entrepreneurs to know about your organization? All right, just as the name suggests, we make connections happen between women-owned businesses and large corporations. So we are a member-based uh, organization that has member buyers who are uh, large corporations that already have a supplier diversity and inclusion uh, program where they're looking to source from women-owned businesses. We also have women-owned businesses who we register, train, and also certify so that they can be globally recognized as women-owned businesses. You, you talked yeah. about earlier, like when you first like got your first million, um, it, it wasn't you. You weren't. You didn't have like the right structures in place. And the reason why I was keen to have you on the show is 
you ask something in the room, you ask people, are they registered? Do they have all these things? And, you know, one of the things we, we shared facts earlier, um, we can be loads of business people, right? But if we're not registered, if we don't have the legal side right, financial side right, then these opportunities, even if we see them and hear about them, we're not valid for them. So do you think those are the challenges um, when you as a businesswoman and also the women, the business women that you are dealing with, that we're just not doing the right thing to get the funding and the investment and all that. Uh, that's really right. Actually, when we started, we were not registered. We were just a briefcase company, just hoping a briefcase for, company, yes, yes. <laughs> hoping from one school to the next. And we had a good solution that solved the challenges and the problems that they had. But one thing that I like to tell entrepreneurs is, you cannot take advantage of certain opportunities if you're not registered. Like if you're not a formal business, you'll definitely miss out because there's no corporate that will work with a briefcase company. They'd want to know that you have, uh, you're, you're registered, you have audited accounts. Even when it comes to the time of payment, where will the money go? It has to be to your own company account. And having a company, a company, a limited company, or if you decide to ha- register as a sole proprietor, there are different benefits, yeah? that come with that? Um, Under WeConnect, there's a very amazing initiative that I've uh, come to love, a million one startups uh, or SMEs. Maybe talk to us why you started that initiative and why it's important for, you know, women to know there exist resources and platforms like, uh, you know, like yours, um, you know, to have that connection and to learn about different um, opportunities out there. All right, so previous to joining uh, WeConnect International, I was with One Million Startups, which is also a global organization that supports uh, startups tackling sustainable development goals challenges. Yeah, so in my current role uh, as WeConnect International, I'm working now with women-owned businesses to help them access market opportunities. And one of the biggest challenges or gaps that exist is lack of information or access to the information on where these opportunities are. Yesterday I met a lady at a certain place and she's a woman-owned business and I got to you know have a conversation with her and tell her, by the way, you know, you can join We Connect International. We have large corporations because she's in the healthcare sector. And she's like, how? I've never heard of you. How can I access these opportunities? You know, and when I was trying to tell her about gender inclusive sourcing, which is a space where we are in, or supplier diversity and inclusion, I tried to relate it to what we have in Kenya, the AGPO, yeah, the access to government and procurement opportunities, where government has this certain um, uh, directive that parastatals and government organizations source at least 30% from minority, that is women, persons with disability, or the youth. She also didn't know about that. She was like, can you educate me more? So there's that gap of the awareness about the opportunities that are available. And I think that's where ecosystem enablers, like uh, We Connect International, come in to tell you as a woman business owner what opportunities exist for you uh, so that you can take advantage of them and grow yourself as a business. 
we had a queen hustler um, um, at the I think at the beginning of the season. I mean, of the yeah of the season, she was talking about how women have bedroom affairs with their businesses. Do you think we hold too much, and then we don't want to um, you know to be out there saying this is what I do and feeling like oh if I bring my ideas out there, people are going to maybe steal or but maybe just break it down for us. Why? Why? What's the the thinking around women not knowing these things. All right, I will agree with you to some extent about having that bedroom affair <laughs> with their business. <laughs> you know, women not wanting to put themselves out there and talk about what they actually do. Be confident about the services, uh, the products that you sell or the things that you actually do. Yeah, instead of just sitting there waiting for opportunities to come and find you. But also, on the other hand, you realize a lot of women face the imposter syndrome where they lack mm-hmm. the confidence in themselves in what they can actually do Yeah, until they get to a place where uh, they can get, you know, someone, maybe a coach or a mentor, you know, to instill that confidence and tell them you actually have great services or something great to contribute or to offer. Why not talk about it? Yeah, and this is something that I find myself constantly telling women because I have worked a lot with women-owned businesses uh, from the various roles and consultancy opportunities I've been able to work across, and it's a huge, huge challenge. Even right now, yeah, with We Connect International, yeah, I find that I have to, you know, keep pushing some women. Why not take up this opportunity? Why not follow this through, you know? Yeah, because they lack that confidence. Yeah. Before, but, uh, oh, yes. sorry. Before we go on to like learning about your journey, you, mm-hmm. you talk about um, there's a lot of opportunities out there. Maybe care to share what those opportunities are. Where can these women find those opportunities and the information that is out there that can get them to, you know, maybe if it's to learn a skill or if it's to, you know, get uh, legal support um, or finding investments all right so i'll I'll speak uh, to the i mean i'll give uh, feedback on your question from where i sit yeah so as we connect international we also train women-owned businesses our key focus is on procurement readiness currently we are uh, running a program for ifc kenya on procurement readiness that is one year long program where we get to tell women about what do you need to do as a woman business owner to access corporate uh, opportunities. We also have our own in-house academy. We call it uh, We Academy on on our website. So our website is www.weconnectinternational.org. Just go there, register yourself as a woman business owner, but you need to be at least 51, you need to have 51% shares if you have a limited company. And this is because we are in this space where we want to ensure that we are actually empowering women-owned businesses. Uh, to we also have we also go the extra mile uh, when it comes to certification of the women-owned businesses to ascertain ownership, to ascertain that you have control over the bank account. You know, we we require a letter actually from the bank to tell us that yes, you are a signatory to that account. Yeah, just to make sure that we are empowering women, and uh, the, our target group gets uh, you know empowered in the right way that we envision as a company. Yes, we also have other programs that we run with our large corporate with our member buyers. So we have like the Procter and Gamble Academy that we run. We have the Mondelez. Uh, we we also have a, a, a financial bootcamp by Moody's, which 
will be having it in May. Besides that, we have much making opportunities to ensure that women get connections, yeah, uh, either amongst themselves. Like in January, we had our Africa Trade Summit, which brought together over 300 women-owned businesses from across Africa. They were able to make connections across themselves, learn how to do business. We had virtual desks, you know, for various key African countries so that you can grow your wings outside of Kenya, you know, get to know how do you do business in Uganda, in Nigeria, in South Africa. Yeah, uh, our key markets actually are Nigeria, South Africa, and Kenya. But... We focus on, I mean, we support women-owned businesses across Africa. Yeah, we also have matchmaking uh, sessions where we bring women together with our buyers so that they're able to understand their buying needs, their processes, their upcoming opportunities so that they can take advantage of them. And besides that, we also have the one-on-ones where if it's a certain member buyer, like, for example, uh, last late last year, we had one for Standard Chartered for the East Africa region where we brought together their procurement team and women-owned businesses from key sectors where they're looking to procure for, uh, procure opportunities, uh, I mean, products and services from the women. Yeah, so these are wow. some of the things that we do to ensure that women have access to the opportunities. But before they access those market opportunities with these large corporations, they are empowered to understand how does it, what does it mean to do business with a corporate? What do you need to do to get ready to ensure you get there when this opportunity comes your way? Wow, amazing and so inspiring. To all of our overreactors that are listening, I hope you're taking notes. Um, I love how you are taking, um, you know, our female entrepreneurs and taking them beyond the borders and helping them, you know, scale up and see things in a bigger vision. And obviously, we're in a digital age. You know, we're becoming more of a global village. Um, And one's business cannot exist without the use of technology. Each year that goes by, technology runs the show. So please tell us more about your business, um, Elevate SMES which uh, focuses on uh, providing technology solutions and services for businesses, and also share with us what inspired your business. All right. I'd say I have tried so many other things. I've been a building contractor. I have been in farming. Yeah, I have tried so many things until you get to a place where you say, let me just do what I know. Yeah, (laughs) and focus on what I know is my key strength rather than just trying to drown in all the opportunities that you know, sometimes as when you, you have that entrepreneurial spirit, you're able to pick so many opportunities. Yeah, but it comes to a point where you just sit down with yourself and say, okay, let me just focus mm-hmm. on what I know how to do uh, really well. Yeah, so Elevate SMEs, uh, is a com- it's a family-owned business that I run with my husband, and we offer uh, IT services. And one of the things that I like is the impact that technology we see is able to do for businesses. Like during COVID, uh, one of our biggest clients is uh, uh, Giraffe Center. Uh, Yes, so we were able to develop for them a ticketing system that enabled them to continue doing business during COVID when there was all this social distancing and the Ministry of Health guidelines on how we could interact physically. So that system that we developed for them was able to ensure that we incorporated that in there to ensure that you can only buy tickets after two hours. We allow a, a certain number of people to get tickets at certain, as, at certain times. 
yeah, during the day. Okay, now it has changed. But yeah, that is how you realize like, like the kind of impact technology actually does mm -hmm. to ensure that businesses hop on to digital transformation and you don't just sit there and do uh, business, you know, in the uh, traditionally not hoping on the tech wagon. Amazing. And right now, uh, as you mentioned, that we are living in a global village. Mm -hmm. Right now, you cannot just sit as a business and say your competition is Kenya only. Right. You are yeah. right now competing with 190 countries. Mm -hmm. Yeah, right from where you sit because of yeah. technology. Yeah, so you cannot afford to not take advantage. There yes. exists digital divide, and I think when we look at uh, you know digital technology globally, Africa is still lagging behind. Yet we have the highest uh, social capital when it comes to young people. Uh, so why why do you think it's very important for women to take up digital skilling programs? And uh, now we are talking about we're not talking about digital development anymore. We are talking about digital transformation. So for you to take your uh, you know your business to the next level, uh, maybe insist on why women need to have those digital skills. Okay. Yeah. I will quote uh, <laughs> one of my mentors uh, something that she once said. She said technology came to help women. Yeah? Because as women we multitask, we have so many roles and tech is an enabler. 100%. Yeah. For processes, for business mm -hmm. processes, ensuring that you remain efficient, you're running your business even right from your phone, you're able to monitor what's happening in your business. You know, the financial health of your business, whether it's employees remaining connected even to the outside world as you also exist in your own world. Yeah, so as a woman, you cannot shy away from technology. So the gap exists because of the lack of the skills. Yeah, right now there are so many opportunities. There's YouTube uh, University. Yes. There are so many platforms <laughs> yeah, where yeah. you can learn tech skills. And uh, in my previous role, I remember we did a project with one of the Google partners. Recently, we also did one uh, with uh, Meta, you know, uh, Meta Boosts, yeah, mm -hmm. with uh, World International just to help women understand how can you take advantage of the various social uh, digital platforms that exist to ensure that you run your own business. You don't even need to have a brick and mortar shop anymore. Yeah. 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 There so you have it. Technology is your blank check. Decide how much you're going to pay yourself. Absolutely. Yes. Um, and so you are the definition of what we've been talking about, which is queen hustling. So you're definitely hustling and you're definitely juggling. Um, you've done business for a long time. You've also now worked for someone else. How are you doing both? How are you regional director of Africa and also running a, another business that's also quite demanding with the fact that we've just, you've highlighted that technology is not going anywhere and it's still something that is will demand your, your mind, your mental mind, your energy. With what you know now, and uh, what you've done before in terms of if you juggling, like what are the skills you can share with another person who loves what they do in terms of their job, but also wants to juggle with the other things that they love? All right. So what I can do is, uh, I mean, what I can say is I have really learned to delegate. Yeah. You see, uh, sometimes when you're a founder, there's that founder syndrome where you just want to hold on to your business you want to do everything yourself. You want to monitor, you know, what everyone is doing, micromanaging. But what, can it, what I can advise uh, entrepreneurs is learn to delegate. See what functions of your business can be outsourced. Like right now, 
we have outsourced the HR function, the financial services, so that we can just focus on what is our core service as a business. And we connect international. I really love working with entrepreneurs. I mean, I feel their pain. It's a passion project for me just to work with women-owned businesses. And how I came into the space of maybe you can just talk a little bit about my background. Yeah, so when I was still, I mean, I'm a woman in business, and one of the things that, I've, I mean, I did, uh, I've always done was to ensure that I network. I'm in spaces where I can talk about my business, I can understand what's going on, and that's how come I got into uh, being an ecosystem enabler where I was once asked, uh, can you help us run the local chapter of 1 million startups, you know? I mobilized startups, started an accelerator program, which ran very successfully. And in the course of doing that, got into uh, working with International Trade Center, She Trades uh, Commonwealth program that was focusing on empowering 1,000 women-owned businesses. And one of the sectors was IT BPO service, services, where they were struggling to find the women in that sector. And I got, uh, I got onto that project as a coach, as a trainer, I also developed content for them, uh, you know, on digital marketing for the women. Yeah, so this is, you know, these are some of the spaces that have enabled me to learn. Like when you have a passion project, when you have a passion for something, and when you have a business that you need to run, how do you ensure that uh, you create time for what you love and also for, you know, what else that you're running is delegation. Having the right team in place, uh, as I've mentioned, Elevate SMEs is a family-owned business that I run with my husband. We have a great team. And having that uh, helps you to focus on other things. And once the business grows to a certain level where it doesn't now need you, mm. yeah, it doesn't need you there, <laughs> you know, running it every day, as opposed to when you're just starting, you're like a treadmill entrepreneur. You're running everything yourself. But you get to grow to a certain extent where you're able to, uh, be run that business. I mean, step not really like step away from your business, but the business has structures enough. It's to an, as they say, it's best to run a business with making sure it has an exit plan, so exactly. that even when you're not available, you're not here, mm. it's still continuing. Yes, and that is what allows me to do to be full uh, to give my full attention now to reconnect international and to support the four thousand women-owned businesses from across Africa. Amazing. Uh, thank you so much, Margaret, for being with us today. It has been a pleasure. And truly, we believe your story is going to inspire others who are listening. But before we end this episode, we have something that we want to give you, an overreact digital billboard, and it's going to include your completion of this sentence. Entrepreneurship is innovation, resilience, and staying uncomfortable, even when you feel you have arrived. Amazing. You have been listening to Overreact, uh, a space where we openly ask the tough questions and have and have c had conversations to trigger change. Mm -hmm. And truly, truly, we've enjoyed every woman's story, uh, you know, every innovation, every business that is changing or catalyzing economic development, either in Kenya, in Africa. And we've learned that, you know, the women who are creating these ecosystems to open Kenyan women to the rest of the world. Don't be left behind. Do that and hope on the bad wagon and start that side hustle. And you know what? Entrepreneurship is being uncomfortable. That's one of my takeaways, and I love it. Thank you, Margaret, for sharing. Thank you so much. Um, 
And just like that, we've come to the end of a season three where we've talked to um, various queen hustlers. You can go back and listen to each episode. It's now it's it's always been available and it's streaming on SoundCloud, on Capital FM's Kenya page, also on Sister Speaks Global podcast pages on Apple, Spotify, Google, and Anchor. Interact and follow us at Sister Speaks Two Five Four on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok, and also follow at Overreact podcast on instagram too where we'll also update when we're back with season four you have been listening to lash angela and i think it's really important to string um, all the episodes together and whether you want to juggle or whether you want to um, go into business full head on it starts with you amazing and it's been truly a pleasure i uh, thank you for coming with us along the 13 episodes and i think one of the key takeaways is that uh, african women and i mean african women entrepreneurs we have the power and the force and uh, you know that um, transformative change that the world needs and it starts with that 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 idea that small idea that you have it has the power to transform the world and uh, definitely with the close of season three, I truly personally have been inspired by each and every queen hustler that has reminded us no matter the challenges, no matter the imposter syndrome, no matter, you know, the, the things that may be ahead, uh, against us as women, we can do it and we will do it. So queen hustlers, let's overreact. Let's overreact.